0: Hello and welcome to season two of The Pantry Party. We're your hosts, Liza and Bram. And yay, we're finally back for season two. <laughs> we're
1: back, bitches. Um, <laughs> for a bit of context, um, I, Eliza, moved across the world, which is why there has been a very big break in um, what's been coming out from like on our end. Um, and we'll get into that a little bit more, but we've also had a bit of a, a revamp for season two. So... Um, Obviously, because it's no no longer practical to go and visit people's houses and record with, record with them. Um, so, <laughs> friend, do you want to tell everyone about um, the plan going forward?
0: Yes. Yeah. So,
1: <laughs>
0: yes, Queen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because, yeah, like like Eliza said, the logistics of uh, me flying to England and you know weekly doing an episode over there it wasn't financially or uh, environmentally or in any way sustainable <laughs> whatsoever, <laughs> um, nor the other way nor you coming back here uh, we are obviously doing this uh, recording online which is fun technology is cool I like that mm-hmm. um, and we want to we want to take a bit more of a casual approach I think to this season we loved doing last season um, and if just on a personal level I thought it was great that and I felt really inspired going to people's houses and hearing their stories Same. and really understanding their space and what I guess what they what their stories been in terms of their career and how they've incorporated and made their personal and professional lives meld really nicely I think that was a theme that sort of came out of last yeah. season um I feel like because Lies and I obviously aren't in the same country, as we've said five times now, um, we kind of want to use the pod as a bit of a catch-up, see what's going on in each other's lives and um, sort of incorporate a bit more of a lifestyle and modern aspect to it as opposed to having it super structured like we did last time with having just a little intro and an interview. We kind of want to yeah. make it a, a little bit more about us. in a, Yeah. Not and I guess way.
1: like, yeah, it's interesting because I think um, – where, like, I mean, first of all, the reason that we've sort of decided to do this is that a lot of the feedback that we got was that it was just really nice sort of like listening to people having a conversation and feeling like you're kind of like in the room with us. Um, And I suppose when, I guess the format that we were using last season where there's a new person every week and you're having to like get to know them, you're not going to get much depth in your conversation. You're kind of like getting a lot of like little um, like quite shallow conversations that co- could quite often get a little bit, not saying that this did happen, but could see it happening in the future, getting it quite tedious and repetitive. Um, whereas mm. by just having the focus, or well, not the focus, but more of just the two of us having conversations with one another, we're allowed, like we're allowing ourselves to get a little bit deeper and more, like continue the conversation, so to speak. So this is kind of building our, um, building ourselves up off A lot of themes and things that came up in the last season um, but just going into a little bit more depth so we might have a special guest here and there um, if we can arrange the logistics of that Um, but for the time being we're just going to come and hang out and just catch up and do our thing Um, so yeah obviously we will sort of be talking more around using it as a bit of a like check in with each other and how we're going but that's obviously going to give you a lot of like information into like job stuff and clinical stuff as well um and we will have like topics that we're going to talk about and expand on as we go through as well yeah what else was so on the agenda guess, of things to talk about
0: <laughs> i guess we maybe I'll do a little a little life update shall we yeah. Can we start with that and then uh, because and not to, you know, totally downplay my situation, but my life hasn't been, <laughs> been as exciting as life is in the last <laughs> six months. Um, so maybe I'll go first and then we can have a little chat a bit more in depth, maybe about your experience moving and what the new job's been like and settling into yep. a new culture. Um, yes. That. does that
1: sound good? Sounds perfecto. Um,
0: so, right. yes, we... We last spoke around October, I want to say, October-y, november time. Um, for those who don't remember, I currently work in quality improvement research at a hospital. And I guess a big thing that was on my mind over, like towards the end of last year, was that as with all research, it's contract and funding based. So my <laughs> job um, is due to end in April, the end of April. So I kind of, <laughs> being the type A person that I am, wanted to have something lined up to just sort of swing straight in and not um, stress too much about finding a job. Um, and I'm also, something that happened last year that I didn't expect was that I really, really began to enjoy my research role. <laughs> um, it's something that I didn't think was going to happen and I hate saying that because now that I'm in it, I'm like I couldn't imagine life any other way. And the people that I work with are amazing and just have been given so many great opportunities to learn, which I really appreciate. The particular institute that I'm at just seems to want to give you opportunities to grow and to learn, which I think is very rare. Um, And I didn't want to leave that yet. I felt like I hadn't learned enough. So I uh, applied for three jobs. Um, One of them was full-time dietetics and two were research research. I ended up getting knocked back from two out of the three of them and ended up getting an interview and then the job for that last one. So just for success rate wise, I feel like everyone gets to see the highlight reel of <laughs> when you get a job and not really hear about all the other stuff that goes on around that. But 33% strike rate, which is sick. Um, but it's a job that's really exciting. It's a very different project to what I'm doing at the moment. And, um, I'm moving into it like a really, really great team. It's still at the same place that I'm working at, just a different group and different project. Um, I was also offered some private practice work, which is exciting. Um, And that came about in two different ways, just running on that career path kind of side of things for dietetics. One of them was actually a job I applied for last year and didn't end up getting. but this is a silver lining is that my, they always say this, but you, your foot's in the door. They know that you're there. And um, they just had some work shifting around at the clinic and they called me up and asked if I wanted to join the team because they just need another set of hands. So that's how that came about. So I kind of did apply for the job, but ended up getting it like nine months later. <laughs> <laughs> um and then another one is at a private practice who um, I was actually my housemate's mum that got me in contact with that person. So it's one of those annoying things. It's kind of like who you know, not just what you know. But in saying that, um, the other two jobs that I've picked up have definitely been what I know, not who I know. So I think it just gives you, hopefully that gives you just a bit of it, <laughs> a vague reality of what working in dietetics is like. It's just really unpredictable. and. Um, I guess this year I'll be kind of doing what I want to do for life, which is working so far. It's a big call at 23. (laughs) Um, But working part-time reset, part-time private practice dietetics. Um, And who knows? I might hate it by the end of this year. Who knows? But at least I'm giving it a shot. And, um, yeah, that's that's pretty much what happened job-wise.
1: I'm not sure if you can uh... hear... there's, they're emptying the bins outside. Ah, uh, kind of like, um, sound like someone's singing. Yeah. So, yeah, basically the TLDR is that Bran is super fucking busy this year. Um, <laughs> and it's not going to have any free time at all. Uh, um, no, but no, oh, I'm man. really the excited. The to- is that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't do anything yeah. about it. Um fine it's just a truck it's just a truck I'm not like turning You're into an a elephant trend, um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah so I'm really excited to see where everything kind of hell goes for you <laughs> it's literally like every time <laughs> I try to start talking um because I think yeah as you said like sometimes the best thing is to sort of have your fingers in lots of different pies um um, yeah,
0: and I think that's something that I kind of, especially after we stopped recording the pod last year, I was kind of like, oh, I'm actually a little bit bored. Like, yeah, and I know there's a lot around that that I'm like, I do need to learn. Personally, a big thing for me is learning to actually take time off and not always be doing something. <laughs> um, I've definitely gotten better at that. Um, but I'm excited to see what this year does work-wise. Um, and, I feel like my brain works better when I am doing lots of things that add up to full time, if that makes sense. Not just like staying on one project
1: or one job forever.
0: I get kind of bored. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So that's sort of my job update. And then aside from that over Chrissy and sorry, Christmas and new year, forget that Chrissy's in Australia. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Uh, I just took two weeks off, which was nice. I haven't done that before. I haven't, I think I've had a Christmas off since high school, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and went down to the beach, spent some time with friends, played lots of board games. Um, and, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty much <laughs> it. And I'm really not mad about it.
1: It was great. Nice to actually rest.
0: Yeah. That was great. That's
1: me. Um I've yeah. got
0: my cup I'm excited to hear about
1: Liza what have you oh, been God. up to? um so I think in the last episode that we recorded I'd like just got this job um and yeah, so yeah since since then I've basically just been like moving to London and starting up over here um <laughs>
0: No so, big feet. it's fine.
1: No, nah, it's been fine. It's been super breezy. Um, so I guess for those who didn't listen to season one or you just want a bit of a recap, um, I was working in admin and doing a little bit of private practice on the side at a physio clinic, um, but I knew that wasn't going to be sustainable for me and basically I, I knew where I wanted to be in terms of my career in that I wanted to be working... Um, in, in a health at every size aligned non diet like private practice. Um, but the actual means of getting there are really tricky when you're doing it on your own. Um, and so I basically had my eye out for other opportunities that would help me get there. Um, and the plan, if I didn't find anything else, was to kind of like slowly build up to it myself, um, which is sort of what I was doing before I moved. So when this job, came up at the london center for intuitive eating i was like yep that's what i want to do i'm gonna just like chuck in a (laughs) chuck in a cv and see how i go um i never even like expected to get an interview because obviously them um taking a risk on me to move over here is a pretty big decision on their part as well um like it's a small business and they you know they need to make sure that the people that we're employing are, you know, reliable and can actually follow through on the things that they're going to say they're going to do. And so Mm. it has been a bit of a a tricky transition in that, um, again, because it's a small business, they were kind of like, they basically said to me, if you can get yourself over here, like do it and we'll have you. But there wasn't much in the way of support for, or resources on their end for um, helping me relocate. So, a lot of like, if you come over and work in the NHS in the UK, um, a lot of that will be like they'll fund your visa for you and give you a sponsored visa ship, which is a different visa to what I ended up coming over on. Um, and that basically, I think like I'm happy with how it ended up being because it means I've got the stability and I'm not completely dependent on this job to stay here as well. I can I can leave this job if I want to although I don't think I ever would want to. Um, <laughs> so I, I could theoretically leave this job, work somewhere else and still like have the stability of the visa that I'm currently on. Um, it's basically like pre-paid for the, the next five years. Um, so where should we start? Um, <laughs> basically, the job that I'm doing now um I'm working at the London Centre for Intuitive Eating, which is in the northeast of London. Um, we are a clinic that specialises, obviously, as the name would suggest, in intuitive eating, um, which is a weight-inclusive, non-diet approach-aligned and haze aligned form of nutrition. Um, we can get more into the logistics of like actual job stuff, but basically three days a week I see clients um, privately as a dietitian and then the rest of the time I basically spend doing a lot of like admin stuff. We run a couple of courses and um, develop a lot of like resources and training things for other clinicians um, and then also do a lot of sort of like advocacy on social media and there's a lot of admin involved with our clients because a lot of them um, do end up needing... A lot of communication between us and their GP as a way of sort of like advocating for um, respectful care basically which is horrible but it's part of our job. Um, So yeah I think that's sort of like the main components of my job. Um, We do occasionally here and there run events and yeah at the moment what we're working on is we're putting together a series of weight inclusive guides to the management of a bunch of different clinical conditions. So the February one has just gone up and that's on PCOS, which I'm actually really excited about because it is amazing. It's a really, really solid resource. Um, in January, yeah, in January we did NAFL. <laughs> so it's kind of like, each month we're releasing a new condition. So I can, we can put a link to the website below and I'll, you guys can check it out if you want to. Um, but Just yes, for those who
0: don't know what uh, NAFLD and PCOS
1: stand for, would you like to sorry. explain? Um, so <laughs> PCOS is um, polycystic ovarian syndrome. It's one of the most common... Um, uh, reproductive related um, conditions, particularly, I mean, in the UK, it's got like a one in five sort of incidence in people with ovaries. Um, we obviously just, the reason I say people with ovaries is because we try to make it gender inclusive where we can as well. Um, because obviously not all people with ovaries identify as, well, not all people with ovaries are women basically. Um, so a big part of what we do is try and reduce the stigma in the resources that we've got. So that includes like weight stigma, weight bias, and also gender inclusivity where we can do. Um, Yeah, so basically trying to make our our things accessible to people, whoever they are. Um, NAFLD is non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, which is another um, sort of more metabolic related condition that is basically just a buildup of fat in your liver which can lead to liver damage over time if it's not treated. Um, the reason that we have sort of started developing these resources is because for, for those conditions and a lot of the other ones that we're going to be covering the first line recommendation is weight loss um, which as we know is bullshit and a stupid recommendation (laughs) to be making um, because weight loss isn't effective in the long term. It's not actually attainable for a lot of people, especially with PCOS. They're actually more like it's harder to lose weight if you have PCOS. Um, Mm. And so, yeah, there's a few different bits and pieces that we've sort of put into it. Um, And we've basically done that by reviewing, like doing our own lit review, reviewing all of the guidelines that are currently out there and taking bits and pieces from all of them into into our own stuff so I can um, link all of that below if anyone is a clinician and would be interested it's not only for nutrition professionals so I think if you were a doctor or like just had I guess other allied health um, would probably also be quite useful and it's designed to be used like by the clinician with clients um, so yeah I'm going to turn my heater on because I'm really cold. Oh, (laughs) London. London. It's actually, there's a bit of blue sky outside today. It's amazing. Um, What? That's unbelievable. I know. know. Um, So, yeah, that's basically like (laughs) the project that I was sort of hired to come on to and work on. However, (coughs) Sorry. (laughs)
0: It's the cold London weather. It's making you cough.
1: And you still have that drink bottle. I love it. Yeah. Um, sorry, I'll start again. So that um project was basically what I came on to work on. And then as I've been here, it's kind of grown from just developing these resources into doing, like, the resource plus a webinar for clinicians plus a few other bits and pieces. So it's kind of, like, grown a lot since I started. Um, and so now I'm not the only one sort of, like, managing it because it was just too much work. But, um, yeah, it's really exciting and we're really proud of them. So if anyone you should needs be. that, you should go be. and check it out. Um, I need a cough again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dying. Um, but, yeah, so... <laughs> That's been fun,
0: um, and how's London been in general? Like the transition, I guess, culturally, transport, living arrangements, um, all of that fun stuff. Yeah, so Social. that has
1: been. Um, I mean, I knew that it was going to be a difficult transition. Um,
0: I, I think if I'm just going to interject, yeah, I'm just going to interject, yeah, interrupt. Later, but I think my. My mentor actually said that to me. She's like, if you're thinking of going to London, just be where because I think people can paint it to be, and not just London, no matter where you're going. I think if you're lo- relocating, people can often be like, it's freeing, it's awesome. You're going to be like in this new country and do your own thing. But it's actually, yeah, it's good that you kind of went in knowing it was going to be difficult because not a lot yeah, of people do that, do that, I can
1: imagine. Exactly. And I think because I'd already moved from Perth to Melbourne, I kind of knew what, a big life shift entailed um but Mm. obviously moving across the world is a bit bigger than moving interstate so it was yeah it was a pretty um uh, like I think I've handled it quite well but there's a lot of things that kind of come up when you're moving that it's hard to anticipate and you just want to like it's hard because you don't really have the people around you the support network that you would usually um Mm like close to home. So, um, but having said that, I was very lucky that I had like obviously a very supportive job. Um, They, you know, helped make the transition as easy as possible. And I did have some family here to sort of just like help um, tide me over. Um, So basically what I ended up doing, I moved over at the end of September. Um, I went via Perth to see my family and then popped over here. Um, I originally was staying for, with my, um, my mum's sister, my auntie who lives out in Surrey. So that's about to get here on the train. It was about two hours. Um, that was pretty rough. I was living there for like, not that the actual situation was rough. I was very grateful that they had me and they have a beautiful house out in the countryside and it's amazing. Um, but It was, the commute was really difficult um, spending, like I'd leave the house at 7am and I wouldn't get home until about 9pm most nights. Um, And so that was quite difficult just in terms of like feeling like I had the capacity and the time and the energy to be doing all of the things that I had to be doing in terms of like setting myself up and looking for new apartments and like, you know, like things that I needed to do to get like to find my feet. It made that transition quite slow um, but having said that obviously I was in a position where I could just kind of stay at theirs as long as I needed to um, so that I could do that in my own time um, yeah. so after living with them for three months I then moved out um, I found a flatmate through what's the web what's the app called I think it was through the Spare Room app, which is basically like people can post, like it's like Tinder, but for housemates, like basically. Um, and so um, we ended up, instead of us like moving in to an already established share house, we found a little apartment, a little flat in um, in the northeast of London. So we're living in, we're basically in Newington Green, If you want to Google that, anyone who's interested, um, it is right near my work, like it's like a 20 minute walk at most, uh, which I'm so, so grateful for. Because as we know, London public transport is a gift and a curse, and it is um, (laughs) very unreliable to navigate if you're coming all the way across the city. So I'm very lucky that I don't have to even get any public transport to get here. Um, And yeah, we managed to get like this beautiful little um, renovated ex council place Um, our landlords are really nice and they're really sort of like welcoming and like yeah it's just basically we got the dream and I feel very lucky that like we managed to do that Um, because some of the other flats that we looked at were shocking like they were disgusting (laughs) so um, so yeah feeling very grateful for that Um, so yeah I'm just living with my flatmate and her cat Safi who's very cute um, and looks exactly uh, like one of your cats. She looks, she looks a lot like Audrey, but she's got a very different personality. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, so that's yeah. been really good. Um, other logistics sort of stuff that I've had to do, I guess the, well, the one downside of our flight is that it is quite expensive and so we kind of had to make that decision um, like, you know, to sacrifice that, basically. Um, But basically, I'm trying to convert it to Australian, like compare it to what we were paying. But like the place that we were, Harrison and I were in, I'm probably paying now more just for my portion of it than we were paying like in total for rent, which when you think about it, isn't actually that bad considering... We're, like, right in the city. It's a location. really nice apartment. Yeah. yeah. Um, but when I was looking for f- places, I was just like, oh, my God, it's so expensive. But that's just the London yeah. rental market. Like, it's just ridiculous. Um, so what else? Um, that in itself was an interesting process. Like, the way that the rental stuff works here is slightly different to Australia, but it was pretty easy to navigate when you had someone sort of, like, that you're doing it with um in terms of all the other moving stuff um I had to get a visa obviously which I applied for before I left um so that was kind of all sorted before I moved that was pretty like it was a relatively straightforward process again it was just quite expensive because I ended up getting an ancestry visa rather than a sponsored work visa um my other option was to get a youth mobility one which is a like what a lot of people from Australia do. It's a two-year visa that um, is basically like a, a working tourist visa. Um, I didn't do that one because if I was here for more than two years, I would have to, like, leave the country and get a new visa and come back in. It would just be, like, a lot of effort. Um, also, with the one that I'm currently on, I get full, like – I don't know if this this is the same for the other one, but I get – it's, like, all set up with the NHS medical and everything. So I'm basically, yeah. I'm basically, like, a citizen – um but yeah so that was kind of another thing to sort before I went and then there's obviously just the like registration stuff with the bodies that do the um what's it called the like registration um
0: kind of like the equivalent of um your Medicare provider like Medicare yeah
1: (laughs) the HCPC so that was a bit of a tedious process as well but it's all sort of like just part of part of the process
0: so I guess for my own interest and I think we've had a few chats about it before but like what has been the biggest cultural and like uh, societal thing that you've had to adjust to in um moving there
1: um honestly with the kind of like work that I do and with um just like my sort of interests in life, the biggest adjustment for me has been the food environment. Um, it's, there's a lot of like, yeah, there's a lot of things here that people like don't um, approach in the same way to what they do in Australia. Um, the main, the like really jarring one for me was the, the amount of like convenience foods that there are in that like supermarkets have like aisles of sandwiches and like ready meals and things that you can literally just grab and eat, um, which is really great in some ways. But then in other ways, it's like a lot of people that I see in clinic have a lot of like guilt around that because it's not like a home prepared meal. Um, and then there's obviously the like sustainability environmental side of it. Um, because you know, there's a lot of plastic packaging involved and that kind of thing. So it's been really interesting to adjust to that. Um, also, with the sodium reduction scheme here, nothing is salted. And <laughs> it's <Intriguing>. bland AF. <laughs> um, so that's been something that I've sort of like had to adjust to here as well. But So yeah, it, there's a few differences in the food environment and the way that food is kind of like, the way that people relate to food here. Um, yeah. It's, which it's, it's nice to explore. And I think, obviously, as a lot of white Australians, um, food environment is sort of based off the uk it's not too much of a shift like it's not like i'm having to completely adjust to like a whole new meal pattern yeah food supply or something yeah yeah but um it is a bit it is different um but in kind of a nice way as well um also that like it's interesting seeing the way that the shop the like um supermarkets are here in that like it'll either be, like, a tiny little supermarket, like an IGA Express for for those Australians, or it'll be, like, a gigantic, like, huge, huge, massive supermarket. And it's kind of, like, there are a couple in between. Um, but not but many? Not many, no. But, like, in the city, there's kind of only really the smaller ones, which makes it really difficult to kind of get... Um, like a wide variety of food Um, or even just like if you had a particular ingredient that you're looking for, quite often you won't be able to find it. You'll have to go to like a couple of different shops to find it. Um, Like the one closest to me is a Sainsbury's and I quite often go on the way home from work and if I'm coming through at like 7pm, like whole aisles of the vegetable section have nothing in them because they've been sold out. And I get that that's like an issue on their supply end like that's something that they can account for over time but if that's your only access to food like you know it's kind of yeah it's pretty food insecure like it's not stable yeah and like having said that there is another like there's an m&s across the road that i could go to if i wanted to but it's more expensive and then there's another there's other supermarkets around but it's not like you you kind of expect the one that you go to to kind of be able to cater for you but yeah it's it's a bit of an adjustment in that sense um yeah i guess another thing like i mean we're, we're probably going to end up talking about this for like hours and hours but um the other really jarring thing for me is that no one here does like a weekly shop everyone kind of just does you just shop like on the day for a couple of days um that's my
0: like favorite thing
1: to tell people when they ask how you are
0: like i'm like yeah the one thing that she mentioned to me right off the bat was that no one does a weekly shop and i couldn't imagine my life without a weekly shop
1: no because i think like i mean the reason is that like the way the supermarkets are you won't be able to get everything all in one in one hit. Um, But also no one has a car here because everyone just uses the public transport. And so it's like, you can't, you physically can't carry all of that stuff. Um, Yeah. And so a lot of people will do like a big shop in inverted commas and go to like a big Tesco if they've got a car and do like all your staples Um, or there's things like Ocado, which is like an online delivery, um, like supermarket delivery, like Coles online or whatever, but it's just got a lot more. Like, it branches over a couple of different um, supermarkets. So, yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. Um, And I guess what becomes really apparent is the level of, like, privilege you need financially and time-wise in order to look after yourself. Um, It makes it really difficult to give yourself, like, adequate food, adequate preparation. Um, So, yeah, it's an interesting... And do you find that... Like,
0: I think a big thing for me and something that comes up at work a lot is that it's almost a 50-50 split with people who prepare food for the week and will, like, bulk cook or, like, will most likely bring leftovers from home or whatever, and then the other 50% will just buy lunch every day. And do you think, I feel like it would be really interesting for you now looking at that, Mm -hmm. seeing that Australians kind of have the ability to be able to, like, save money, save food, waste, um, if I was just a bit more organized. And that's very privileged of me to say. And obviously, yeah, fridge and all that. But yeah. the fact that in England, you almost don't even have that option in, like, yeah, it's exactly. very, very difficult to do that. But in Australia, we actually have a system that's set up that could be used very well to be able to have food preparation and stuff.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think, yeah, exactly that. It's like, it's, you really start to notice how privileged you, like, you, you are or you were um and i feel very lucky that i've sort of like i've got a supermarket on the way home from work i can physically carry these things because i like i have the strength and ability to Mm -hmm. um and also that i have the food knowledge and the cooking skills to be able to do like to actually create meals um and you're saying that like it's i was just gonna say like like prepared like pre-prepared foods
0: yeah exactly right Yeah. And I think it's interesting that you've already commented that like you're someone who already is quite in in quite a privileged position, not just ability wise, but like knowledge wise that you're Mm -hmm. invested in food and nutrition and eating and you find it, you're finding it difficult. Like you're finding that, that difference really stark to you compared to being in Australia.
1: Yeah, exactly. Imagine someone
0: going over there without any of that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I think like, it makes me feel for people who, you know, are maybe like a single parent and they've got a family to feed and stuff as well. Even just the logistics of carrying that much food. Um, yeah, like I, yeah, it's a lot. So I think, um, it just really gives me an appreciation for sort of like, you know, how hard people have to work in order to look after themselves. Um, because yeah, living in a city like this, it's not, it's not easy. Um, Mm. so yeah that's been interesting to kind of learn and obviously that comes through with my clients as well in that like you know they have their own struggles and and issues around food as well um but quite often the food environment really does play into that as well which is really interesting to see
0: yeah it's kind of a constant barrier I guess is that
1: yeah yeah You have to work with what you've got to an extent. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, so that's been interesting. Um, Honestly, I haven't really been out very much since I've been here because I've been so busy with work and, like, getting my shit sorted. But, like, it is a really nice city to be living in and I really do enjoy it here. Um, But I think um, it is a big shift. And I think as well, if you don't really have... Like, I'm, I'm very lucky that work is a very, like, social environment as well. Like, I meet a lot of people through work and, and I'm able to kind of, like, have my um, social cup filled, if that makes sense. Um, but I think if you were moving over to come into some other jobs or, like, just bearing this in mind that moving to a city this big can be really, really lonely as well. Like, I think a lot of people... Um, really struggle with the social isolation because it kind of feels like everyone around you has kind of got their shit sorted and got all their friends. And unless you have the time to like be going out and meeting people, it's really difficult to like, you know, make friends and have like, not just be sitting at home all the time by yourself. Yeah. Um, So I've, I've definitely been very conscious of that as well in that, like, I feel very grateful that I've got that, you know, everyone at work to sort of like help Ease that transition, um, but also like my my auntie that I've got here and my flatmate and stuff as well. So, like I do have, I have sort of got a couple of friends in the area, um, but I think moving from Australia as well, it's kind of difficult um, because everyone else is on the like the opposite time zone. Um, mm-hmm. It can be quite isolating, and so I think if you're planning on moving, just to be aware of that as well. Um, because it can be pretty like depressing sometimes. Like I was alone over Christmas, and I was just kind of like, "This sucks." But at the same time, yeah. It also, it also forced me to like take some time for self care and actually look after myself and ra- like rest and relax and stuff. But I was just kind of like, "Oh, it would have been nice to be with family or something." But it was also my decision to be alone. So, yeah. Yes. yes. Something, something else to sort of just bear in mind um, when moving cities because, you know, even if you've got something to go over to, it can feel a bit like you're on your own sometimes. Because we are um, very selfish in making this podcast all about us now, um, we wanted to bring in a sort of like segment to talk about things that we're currently interested in and reading, watching, consuming, that kind of thing. Um, and mm. so to keep it pantry themed, we thought we'd call it what's in season, um, because obviously seasonal <laughs> fruit and veg moves through your um, diet in and you kind of like eat what's in season. And so... That's what we're going to do. This is we're what we're about. metaphorically eating. Yeah. <laughs> consuming. We're, we're consuming. The, yes. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we're going to, like, give a bit of a lowdown of the things that we've been into um recently. Uh Yeah. So, Brand, do you want to start? Yeah. So, I have been so organized
0: this month and I've actually got a list in my bullet journal Ooh. and I'm <laughs> <if I> actually <laughs> looking at it right now. I feel so content creator-y. I like that yeah okay so what's the first s- um yeah first sorry category. you go I am gonna go with I'm gonna do food first because mm-hmm. I've had a few new discoveries over the last couple of months and they actually have changed my life that's yeah. a really big overstatement but we're going with it um firstly so over Christmas I'm got ham hamper and she got some chocolate that she does not she doesn't really like milk chocolate she only eats dark mm-hmm. chocolate so she gave me a block of a lint creation and the block is divine hazelnut. And oh my God, it is the <laughs> best thing I've ever eaten. If you can find it, I don't know if you guys would have it or not, if it's just an Oz thing. Um, I'll link it down below because you can get it at Woolies and Coles in Australia. Um, it's just like... I I'm literally putting my face in my hands right now because thinking about it is making my mouth water. It drooling. is just like, it's like a moussey Ferrero share block. That's like the best description okay. I can make. That sounds so it's really not good. like a yeah, because you know Ferrero share has all the like crunchy bits in it, and it's quite yeah. like textural. This is very moosy, smooth, not too sweet, lint chocolate with bits of hazelnut in it. It's great. Mm, it's just Nutellery goodness. Um, And the other bit of food that I have been loving, which is, again, really lame, um, actually two bits, they sort of go together. Um, In Australia, we have the Carmen's range of food. Um, And I now know that two of my friends work there, which is hilarious. I'm totally not plugging their their workplace. But my housemate bought these packets of um, oat sachets. She got like the, I think it was a honey and vanilla one. And I'm usually one that just has raw oats and I'll just add, like cook it myself, just normal rolled oats. But these packets, I am addicted. I like, I pretty much have two a day. It's a a bit of a concern. (laughs) Uh, There's like 80 grams of porridge. Um, And with that, I've been loving having um, nectarines. I feel like this year I've really gotten into nectarines. It's my like summer fruit.
1: Yeah, um, I'm actually really like... I never did before. Yeah, I'm really missing out on... um all of the stone fruit at the moment I'm getting real like FOMO for it I saw Tess posted a a photo of that Julia Ostro cake the other day and I was like oh my god that's the cake we had it Um, is it is the cake (laughs) we had oh I'm like I just want to be eating all of the stone fruit right now
0: but yeah sorry you're um you're definitely missing out just to really rub it in there it's a good season for stone fruit (laughs) yeah
1: oh I'll have it I'll have it in a couple months
0: yeah yeah, exactly. So they are my, like, three food-related food things. There's, like, oh, the other thing that I've got to list was, um. so Australia has just, for some reason, the food markets really jumped onto chocolate-themed ice creams. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all of these ones have come out, but the top two, and I've eaten a lot of ice cream in the last couple <laughs> of months. Uh, mind you, there's been, like, 45-degree days in Australia. Yeah, so It's 100% you know, necessary. I feel like exactly um we're, there's two one of them is a Toblerone ice cream oh my god yum. so it's not particularly Toblerone-y but it's a good ice cream <laughs> and apparently it's imported from Poland but it's just mm. it's kind of like a magnum situation like with the it's got a thin thinner chocolate mm. out, outing like stick and then the ice cream in the middle is really nice and the other one that one of the girls from work got me onto is that M&M have brought out ice an ice cream range and they're like drumsticks or like Cornetto kind of cones, but the original M&M one isn't that great in saying that it's still good, but the one that's better is the peanut M&M one because it's got peanut ice cream. It's oh got a God, mix yeah. of chocolate and peanut ice cream and it has mini, mini M&Ms on top. So it doesn't have any of the crappy peanut M&Ms because I don't like them. I'm a crispy M&M girl. But
1: there's ice cream. Great. Nice. Just oh, I'm jealous. I'm kind of like see. I've this is actually really convenient because now we've got all the like summer foods, and I've got all of the like comforting winter foods. Winter <laughs> um, foods, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. Um, so what's in season for me? Um, I obviously coming into a new food environment have had so many snacks to explore. Yes. Um, the UK is like. For some reason, people just go wild for weird snacks here. Like um, <laughs> like everything you can get in life, it's it's this is another thing that I find really interesting is that most chips, like crisps, which I yeah, I like, like your lays yeah, and like, your like your yeah. normal like what we would like potato chips. Um yeah. they come they all come in just like individual portion bags and then like some of them come in normal size, bigger bags. Wait, so what? Like, so, like, yeah. it's like the opposite of Australia, where we have, yeah, like, a giant bags, so and you like, have to get a mixed box. Yeah, and so if you want to try, like, different stuff, you can get them as individual portions, or, like, individual, like, smaller bags. Um, or you can buy, like, you know, like, a bigger thing that's got six portions in them. Um, yeah. But I just find that really strange. <laughs> and so... That is so bizarre. Yeah. And in a way it's good because you can buy them individually. Like you you can go and get like the smaller bags from the shop, Um, Mm. which means you can try all of the different stuff. But like, oh, Lord, they have so many different flavours of like, (laughs) like like not even chips, just like because like the actual chip selection here is not very impressive, but it's like all of the other things like Monster Munch and like things like twisties, but they're not actually twisties. all of the kind of like puffed potato snack things um oh, and so that's I love what i've that. been really into trying all the different flavors of them um yeah um, there's one it's not actually potato but it's like a lentil chip um that is it's like sour cream and dill flavor and it's just really nice um but they're kind of more is substantial. That, supposed to be
0: sorry i was gonna say is that supposed to be as similar to like the sour cream and chives like
1: yeah but it's like well I mean you can still get sour cream and chive things here but there's just like another Mm. brand that does these lentil chips that is like dill flavor and they're so good because it's kind of like pickly um so they're like my current fave um I've also been really into what else have I been having um just trying like all of the weird sort of not weird but like there's a lot more like cakes New. and things here, like like you can get like bake wells, Mister Kipling, everything. Um, they started so, co- bringing a lot of Mister Kipling here, like it's an international yeah. food aisle, yeah, sort yeah, yeah, sits yeah. under the British section. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, like, while that stuff isn't overly like appealing to me, like it gets pretty boring pretty quickly. Um, quite often, mm. clients will have like a lot of hang-ups about these foods because there are they're like a um, you know a demonized in inverted commas, bad food that they've been told they can't mm. have as a kid. Um, and I'll be, like, sitting there while they're telling me about it and I'm like, I've got no idea what this food is. like, And so I'll go and, like, <laughs> try it just so that I can, I can put into context, like, what they're talking about. Um, so yeah. that's been kind of interesting, kind of, like, having things that clients have sort of, like, not necessarily recommended to me but told me about. And then I've been like, oh, maybe I'll go and try that. Um, yeah. And then my other go-to at the moment is... Um, like I'm sure you would have seen me posting on Instagram this like noodle soup thing that I've been making um, which I've been doing for years and years and years like since I was in high school but it's kind of like evolved and grown and it kind of varies every time I make it because it's just whatever I've got in Um, Mm. but it's I've basically just been making like with a miso soup paste like miso soup and cooking noodles in that and then just like stir frying some like tofu and green veg in. Usually it's like ginger, garlic, chilli, soy sauce, bit of sesame oil, honey, and like lime juice and like putting that on top of the noodles and it's just so yeah. quick. like it's literally, it literally takes like five minutes at most um, and so that's mm-hmm. been my like go-to quick dinner and it's like I mean not that this means anything. really comforting. It's being, and it's really quick. Yeah, it's really, really, like, warm and hearty, but it's not too, like, time-intensive. Heavy. Or heavy or dense. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that's been really, really good to have. Um, and it's the kind of thing that you kind of, like, always got some variation in the fridge that you can throw together. So, I do yeah. have... I'm not sure if I've actually put a proper recipe for it up, but I will at some point put a recipe up on my blog about it because it's one of those things that, like, I literally make. Like, I had it last night, and I've probably had it, like, once a week since I've moved over um, because it's just, like, a really convenient, quick meal. And it tastes really good as well. So, yeah, that's kind of, like, my, oh, my nice. bits. Yeah. So what's next in the next um, section? Oh, on what's your- the next Next category is, <laughs> I was going to word this so badly.
0: Uh, what are you consuming with your ears? As, oh, my
1: God. <laughs> that is not. That's consumption. That is not
0: okay. Ear <laughs> consumption category. Um but, or,
1: <laughs> also known as, what have you been listening to? <laughs> um, I like that a lot more. So, yep. <laughs> <laughs>
0: over Christmas I guess I took a bit more time out to like listen to things and I kind of find that I ebb and flow between like really heavily listening to music I and mean, then just really deeply listening in podcasts there's like no yeah, in between I don't do both um and as most people know I am a self-proclaimed Dolly Alderton and Pandora Sykes fangirl I love the high-low podcast like it's it's getting a bit much like (laughs) if I'm being honest um but Pandora had a little baby over Christmas so they're going on had the high lows on hiatus for a bit and I was like oh my god I don't have a podcast to listen to um and then I went away with my friends and um on the drive home they introduced me to this podcast called do go on Mm -hmm. um and i have banged on about this podcast for about three weeks like i can't stop listening to it it's been going since about um 2016 or 2017 and the premise of it is that it's three australian comedians um, and they i'm i'm just gonna read out the thing (laughs) without the description a fact-based comedy podcast. Each week, Melbourne comedians Matt Stewart, Jess Perkins and Dave Warnicke take it in turns to research a topic and report it back to the class. So um, they have like a Patreon and they'll put up three topics and then whoever's on the Patreon will vote for whatever topic they want. So like, for example, the first three episodes were like, one is why is the Mona Lisa so famous? One was about Australian rules football and one's about the Beatles. So like they're just kind of random topics and they'll do a deep dive into it. Mm-hmm. Um and oh no they started it in 2015 so it's been going on for ages and they do heaps of live recordings and it's just I think it just says a lot about my sense of humour it's just a really crappy Australian yeah. sense of humour where they just make fun of each other or like it's just very situational comedy um yeah. but I've definitely laughed out loud at my desk at work listening to this podcast it's a bit dangerous um so yeah i've been loving that and if there's one episode that i can recommend and it made one of my housemates laugh a lot as well is the cleopatra episode um Mm -hmm. it's somewhere in the middle so if anybody wants a good episode of that to watch watch that oh listen to sorry listen to that one um and the other things music wise that i've been listening to is for those who don't i don't know how many uk listeners we have but I also don't know how much they would know about Triple J Top 100. Yeah. Um, so basically, a radio station does like counts down, count counts
1: down. yeah, yeah, yes. I think that's so, grammatically um, correct. Yeah. it's a it's <laughs> a countdown top. of the hottest 100 songs as voted by the Australian public. Um, yes. Yeah, I was going to put this in my list as well. So thanks for stealing oh my God. it.
0: Yeah. Well, no, I'm not actually going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about one of the artists that featured on it really heavily. Um was Benny?
1: Yeah, I um, love Benny. I
0: listened to Soaked by Benny like over and over and over last year. I just never listened to anything else. And I was like, why am I not listening to anything else? So I got to like mid-December and I basically just had her on repeat for a month and a half. Um she did a song with Gus Dapordin. I found out about Gus Daperdon through um I think someone put her up online. I think it felt like Mundain Lived Purvis or someone. Um, really cool and trendy, and um, <laughs> fell in love with him. And then he came to Melbourne, and I didn't get to see him because his show sold out. And then I found out that him and Benny did a song together, and it's really nice, it's really nice and boppy. So, yeah, I've been loving
1: her. Yeah, um, yeah, I love Benny too. Yeah. I voted for one of her songs, so I felt very proud that I. Was it Evil
0: Spider? I voted for Evil Spider, made yeah. it, which
1: got quite yeah, high up. That's a good yeah. one.
0: I um, really like. The last one on that album, I think the album's called um, "Fire on Mars," and the last song "Want Me Back" is like so beautiful. Yeah, like upbeat but beautiful. Anyway, yeah, that's my little rant. Love
1: her. Yeah, um, love her. And she's New Zealand based. Yeah, so yeah, she's Kiwi. Um, is there anything else you've been into? Um,
0: there's been like two more artists that I've sort of been listening to. One is an artist called Wanderer, um, kind of like pop, alt-pop kind of music, um, a bit electronic. Um, so he released a new album um, like this month, I think. So mm-hmm. that's why I've been listening to that. And to honour my past pop-punk self, um, mm-hmm. I started listening to a band called Brighton again. Um, and yeah, that, I think that basically says it all. They're just like they're like 2006, the start of like the pop punk emo scene situation, mm-hmm. where like they did walk tour and stuff. Um, so yeah, really getting into that. Yeah, then nice. that's what my ears have been consuming. <laughs> your fun. ears been consuming
1: My <laughs> ears have very similarly been consuming podcasts and music. I don't know what else they would consume. <laughs> like a little bit worried yeah um but I podcast wise I've been listening to I kind of I went off podcast for a bit because my as I said my commute is super quick now like it's a 20 minute walk um -hmm. but sometimes I will um like if I'm going by the supermarket or something I'll have like an hour where I'll be listening to something so I'll put a podcast on if I know I've got a bit longer that I'm going to be, like, listening to something. Um, But I have been, because they're quite short episodes, listening to a lot of The Daily, which Laura, like, forced me to listen to, basically. It's like a news, (laughs) it's a New York Times news podcast um, where each day they just, like, unpack something that's happening in the news. So, like, at the moment they're talking a lot about the impeachment trial and, like, there was one on Harry Mm. and Meghan a couple of weeks ago that was really interesting. But, like, yeah, there's a lot of sort of, like, current affairs um they interview a lot of interesting people and have sort of present news in the way that's like really easy to understand and i i'm not really a big news person but i feel like it is important to sort of try and stay up to date with what's happening in the world um yeah but yeah so that i've been listening to quite a lot um Another of my ongoing favourites is Food for Thought, which I mentioned on my Instagram story a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> and it's basically like a bunch of queer writers talking about what they're like writing, reading stuff in their lives and they they have like a topic for each um, like episode. Um, mm-hmm. And similarly to us, love a good food theme and so everything's kind of like... They talk about like entree, main, dessert, that kind of format. Oh, um, love, I love that. It. Yeah, I love all the like food, like, and it's just so clever. Like food for thought, T H O T. Like, oh, I love it. It's so clever, um, and it, it's just really entertaining. And I think they do what they do really well is talk about quite serious topics, but um, make it really. Or, like, make it really approachable. Or they'll talk about something quite lighthearted but bring in, like, a serious lens. Um, Yeah. And so I really like the way that they kind of discuss things. I actually had a client who she'd seen it on my Instagram story and came in to our session. She was like, I listened to that podcast that you were talking about. And I was like, oh, God, what's she listening (laughs) to? Because it's quite quite explicit. Um, Yeah. Talks a lot about gay sex. (laughs) And um, she was like she came in and said it was really lovely actually that she would kind of found something in there that had related to her eating disorder recovery and I think oh, things good. like that it's just really nice that people can take away um different sort something of something like meaningful things, yeah, yeah from something that's actually quite light-hearted because that is one of my like you know light-hearted relaxing podcasts um music wise similarly I've been listening to The Hottest 100 a lot Um, I basically because I couldn't listen to it um, live because it was overnight UK time um, I made a playlist of it and so I've got a playlist sitting on my Apple Music um, which has got all of the songs in it which is really nice um, so I kind nice. of just had that on the in the background, but then there's like the two like metal songs that kind of like shock me and I'm like, oh God, <laughs> <laughs> So I have to like fast forward to <laughs> those songs. But um, nothing against metal. It's just not the kind of like vibe I'm going for when I'm trying vibe. to do some work. Yeah. Um, but. I was surprised um, at how much Dean Lewis was on there. I know. Not in a mean
0: way, but just like I didn't uh, expect. I just, I don't really rate right him,
1: but whatever. It's not my place to have an opinion on that. Um, My sister messaged me and
0: was like, I'm not a betting person, but (laughs) I should have put money on the number one. I know. (laughs) I I feel like everyone could have picked that from, like, the moment that 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 song came out. I know. Not
1: ruining it for Um, anyone. Yeah. Keep it suspenseful. Um, Yeah. So I've been listening to a lot of that recently. Um, There's this other, I mean, no one is gonna this is gonna resonate with like two people out there but if you've got apple music um the playlist situation is not quite as like in depth as spotify um but i like it because it's kind of i, I don't know i just like apple music um don't hate me please <laughs> um, but there's this playlist that um i listen to quite a lot that gets updated quite regularly by apple music it's called indie like, spelled I-N-D-I-Y, so it's, like, uh, like super independent, newer stuff, um, and that just has a really nice mix of sort of, like, quite chill music, um, but also yeah. kind of, like, cool, interesting stuff as well, so I've been loving that, um, and I've actually been listening to a lot of The Strokes recently, um, which it's is intriguing. a bit of a throwback to, like, um, year 11, me. So, <laughs> read into like, the emo. Well. emo. <laughs> I can not say the strokes of that emo, but it's, they're just like a good kind of like. No, but like that kind of alt rock. Yeah. Oh, no one exactly. understands me
0: because
1: I listen to music that's not on the radio. Exactly. Like, yeah. that space vibes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've been lo- loving that recently. Um, and there was also this one song. I don't know if you've seen, we can talk about this in a sec, but I was watching the new season of Sex Education um last Mm. week and there's this one song that soundtrack is fabulous and that's what I was going to say there was was one song that I literally had to Shazam because I was like I need this song in my life um and it was I Can Change by Ezra Furman and I've never come across Ezra Ezra Furman before um but that's a good tune and I like it so that's been kind of like hanging out at the moment um but yeah so that's what I've been listening to
0: I'm gonna
1: listen to that. What kind of song is it? Is it like I'm it's sure one of the not quite like indie, folky, like. Okay. Um, I think it was in like. of sort kind of Yeah, very guitar-y acoustic. But it was in like the fifth or sixth episode, I think. I just realized that we spent,
0: we used five adjectives then. And they all were just like adding "y" to the (laughs) end of a word. (laughs) (laughs) Love that (laughs) phrase. Acoustic, y, guitar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) English
1: lessons were not wasted. Yeah, either of us. (laughs) You're so welcome, viewer. Um, (laughs) Oh, isn't that funny that people are currently consuming with their ears? Us talking about what we're currently consuming. Oh my god! Amazing. Wow. Um, anyway, yeah, should we talk about? Reception. Yeah, should we talk about our sorry. next category? Yes. So the next category is <laughs> what are you
0: consuming with your eyes? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I.e. reading. What have you been reading? <laughs> oh God, I have a problem. Um, Alright, I'm sorry. I decided this year that I do want to. Like last year, I got my reading goal or my reading challenge done on Goodreads in like three months. So I was like, I'm going to up it, but I also want to read things that aren't just books. Mm-hmm. I feel like I only like could count reading material when it's like a physical book in front of me, yeah. um, which is, that's so bizarre. Why do you have to anyway, categorize what you're reading? Um, so I have read three books so far this year and I, um, they were good. The one that jumped out to me the most was "Unfollow" by Megan Phelps-Roper, um, mm-hmm. and it's about so um, the Phelps-Roper family uh, kind of founded/slash created the, the Westboro Baptist Church, mm-hmm. um, and Megan was is one of the kids, so kind of like third generation of the Westboro Baptist Church, and it's about her story and why she left, mm-hmm. um, and it. I, it was recommended on a podcast and I wouldn't have picked this up otherwise because it's definitely not a memoir of my kind of, I don't know, I, I wouldn't see it on a shelf and go, that's something I'm going to read. Um, but it's just really like, she she's so impartial and you really understand why the church did what it did and why people kind of blindly followed it. Um, and you kind of see her journey from like birth until now about, her transitioning in terms of her thought process and like sort of unconditioning things that she'd, or unlearning things that she'd had in her life for so long Um, and that whole kind of like process behind that and the snowball effect and how people can really affect that. Um, And, yeah, it was just a really beautiful, a heavy read, definitely not easy by any, any means, but I think it's quite It's nice because it's not a health-related book, which I tend to read, Mm -hmm. and it's not just like your average memoir about on my second birthday I did this. It was just a (laughs) bit more meaningful kind of thing. Um, And I also read um, When Breath Becomes Air by Paul Kalanithi, um, which was like a bestseller a couple of years ago. It's about a doctor who has a terminal diagnosis of cancer and about his life, and he... um, he kind of wanted to be a writer slash philosopher when he started out but then he ended up moving into medicine and just this really beautiful relationship between the two that he found um yeah. which i think is, it was just really beautifully written um and the epilogue that his wife did at the end was made me cry a little bit but like in a good way
1: yeah. so those are
0: the book two books that i loved the most and then i've also started i signed up to um some email subscriptions which sounds really weird, like, not, like, news-related, but I signed up to Man Repeller and Refinery29. And it's really nice because, like, you just get, like, a little – so you can choose what you want to subscribe to and, like, every morning in your inbox you'll get um, a little summary of different things. So there's some things, like you are saying, lies that are just, like, modern news kind of stuff. So it will be to do with, like, the impeachment or Harry and Meghan or, like, just common things that are in – they made like Kobe Bryant and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> There hasn't been a lot of coronavirus yet. I don't know if they're branching into that, but I'm sure that's I another will. story. Yeah. Um, but there's also nice like little beauty things and you get advice from dermatologists and um, they do, Refinery29 do a really cool thing called money diaries. Mm-hmm. And so someone will submit their money diary for seven days and um, and what they, yeah, what they spend their money on, what their wage is, what their job is. Do they have a mortgage? Do they have student loans? Um, what their bills are and stuff. It's just really interesting. Like it's very non-judgmental. You just sort of read it and go, oh, cool. It's like not nosy, but just like fun to read um, and see yeah. what people spend their money on and what they prioritise. Yeah. I find nice. that
1: so interesting, that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, so I would recommend. I think it's nice because it's not as like, it's gonna sound really lame but it's not as much of a commitment as picking up a book like you still get a little dose of like an article um and you get to refresh your brain a little bit from what like aside from what you're working in if that makes sense um yeah, yeah. so kind of my top <laughs> top reads
1: nice yeah. what
0: about you?
1: um honestly I barely have barely had the time to read this one I kind of like Every January, I set myself a goal on Goodreads and I'm like, I'm going to read more books this year. Um, (laughs) And then it goes south very quickly because, well, particularly this year has been ridiculous for me. Like, I literally have been working my ass off coming home and crashing Mm. and not having the capacity to read, which is like, like, I feel good, like, I'm fine. Um... And, and you need um, that time to rest and not like. I, yeah, consume I, I more can't. Things. I'm not really into like active rest at the moment in that, like having to focus on something in order to rest. I've just been like watching TV, um, which I'll get to yeah. in a sec. But um, I have been. I did have a period at the end of last year where I was reading a lot um, on the train. Um, and I'm kind of trying to get like work it back into my routine so that I am still reading because I actually really miss it. Um, but mm-hmm. it's just one of those things that logistically. I haven't really had the time. Um, I, I've been having a bit... This is an ongoing conversation that I've had with myself for as long as I can remember as to whether it's appropriate to be reading one book at once or multiple books at once. What's your I opinion I am currently on reading...
0: Well, I was reading three books at once.
1: That's what I mean. <laughs> I feel like I've always month. been... I've always been like a book monogamist, but I don't think that's right for me. <laughs> and so I'm going um, <laughs> to... I tried. mean, I think you
0: just have to be careful what books they are. Like, all of the books that I had going at once were quite different.
1: Yeah, So, like, exactly. when I picked I it up, I wasn't
0: confused.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, because obviously, as you were saying, we in this industry have a lot of things that we could be reading um, in the, like, health space or the body positivity space and, like, health at every size. And so mm-hmm. I kind of find myself, like, wanting to read, either if I am reading one of those books, wanting to read something else, or if I'm reading something else wanting to read one of those books um, yeah. and so I actually think I need to start just doing both and letting go of some of yeah, the I boundaries that I, I put that. on myself um, <laughs> so <laughs> just so that I actually can get through things rather than like trying to drag myself through the end of a book that I'm not really enjoying that much. Um, not necessarily that I'm not enjoying but I'm just a bit like taste fatigued with. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of, like, where I'm at at the moment. But I have been reading... Um, I'm having a bit of a Margaret Atwood moment after she won the Man Booker Prize with The Testaments. Mm. Um, I haven't actually read The yeah. Testaments yet, but I have been reading um, The Blind Assassin. I'm sort of, like, two-thirds of the way through that, which is one of her books from, like... I think she published it in 2000. Um, so it's got oh, 20 wow. years old now. Um, but that I've really been enjoying. It's quite a... Um, it's an adjustment from a lot of the other books that I have been reading, particularly in the, like, memoir sort of body-positive space because, like, I read another book that I'll talk about in a sec um, just before yeah. Christmas. But it's it's quite a shift in that it's, it's very sort of, like, slow and methodical in the way that it's structured and so it can feel a little bit tedious at times. But the actual kind of, like, overarching story is really nice. Um, yep. Yeah. I... <laughs> I guess because we haven't caught up since I've, I have I did have that big sort of like reading a bunch of stuff. Um, mm. I do have a. Sorry, I'm just getting my phone so I can get up Goodreads and actually look at what I can actually recommend. Um, Add us <laughs> some Goodreads, by the way, if anyone wants yes, to see what Yeah, please find me. Um, we'll link it down the below. End of, yeah, we can link everything. Um, at the end of last year, I read, the one that springs to mind is Happy Fat by Sophie Hagen. Um, Oh, I still haven't read that yet. It's it's amazing. (laughs) I love it so much. Um, And I recommend it to like all of my clients um, because it's just really nice. Um, Yeah. And she's a really lovely person. She's one of the
0: newsletters I signed up to actually. I signed up to one of her, her like subscription, which she sends out like every month two weeks
1: maybe
0: Mm. it's really fun would recommend
1: nice um yeah I don't know why all of my books are not coming up in order um but I also read a couple of kind of like um trending on the moment books um my sister the serial killer and the tattooist of Auschwitz. Mm. both of which I was kind of disappointed by um more so (gasps) by my sister the serial killer Um, because it was like, it just wasn't as like hard as I hoped it would be. Yeah. Yeah. And like, people were like banging on about it. And so I was like, it must be good. And I think going into it with that expectation let me down. Um, yeah, it is a nice story. Like, it's a really quick read, which is like good, I guess. Um, but yeah, it just didn't really resonate with me. And, um, I think that might be something to do with the relationships that I have with my sisters, but. Um, I didn't quite feel like it was a very realistic sort of thing. Portrayal. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, um, Tattooist of Auschwitz was good, pretty much what I expected, like enjoyed
0: it. I have currently looking at that. I've got my housemate's copy and I have had it for like three months and just haven't
1: read it. It's it's a nice story. It's sad. It's what you expect. Yeah. Um, I think that's why I don't
0: want to read it because I'm like –
1: yeah. yeah, but also like books the fact are that it's, it's based in, like, it's based in non-fiction, um, mm. and I guess knowing that kind of explains why she can't really be pushing the boundaries of some of the things that they're talking about in there. Like, there are things that happen in there that are pretty horrific, but it's not very dramatised, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so, I, yeah, it's a good read. Um, I also another, like, favourite that I have to mention is Bethany Rudder's No Big Deal. Um, Yes! I pour through that, not literally, Um, but, like, read it in, like, two days because it's so lovely and it's just nice. Um, So if anyone was unaware, she basically, Bethany wrote it for, um, as a, like, body positive, but also just, like, not really explicitly body positive book, so um the protagonist is just normal (laughs) it's just like a fact of her life that she is fat and she comes up against some of the things um that any other fat person would with like weight stigma and oppression but doesn't explicitly talk about it it's just kind of like how her character experiences it which i actually really really liked because it kind of normalizes that experience um not the experience of being shamed for your weight but just like I guess shows more diversity in uh, YA literature. So I'm not a huge YA person, but I liked it. It was good. I would recommend it. Good. Particularly nice. teenagers and that. So yeah, yeah. That's kind of what I've been reading lately. Um, Amazing. But yeah, hoping to get back on the read the book bandwagon um, in the yeah. next couple of weeks because I've just been like. It's been sitting there as like a like a need to read because it's like oh, I want to finish this book so I can read more but yeah it's like a very kind of like competitive um, comparative <laughs> thing for me which is not a healthy mindset to have so I think I just need to be a little bit gentler with myself and actually just give myself the time to enjoy it rather than feeling the pressure to get through things yeah um, yeah correct only that's only shifting with more. like reading goals
0: so well, that's the thing, like, the book that I'm reading at the moment,
1: the Margaret Atwood one is, like, 650 pages. Like, it's a big, big book. Yeah, it's, like, three um, books. Like. like Exactly. So I'm, like, I keep, like, being, like, oh, my God, I'm not making any progress getting through this. But in actual fact, like, you know, it doesn't you matter. You <laughs> um, Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so that's what I've been reading. I haven't really been reading oh. any newsletters or things. I read um, – actually, the one that I am subscribed to is – Um, Nadine James horoscopes she um, does she's like an astrologist I think she's based in New York or something Um, but she has a very beautiful Instagram page I can link it down below and she sends a monthly horoscope which I love it's so nice it just gives me that little bit of like perspective and reflection at the beginning of each month to kind of like hold with me going forward which
0: i like nice yeah and then the other things that you can consume with your eyes are tv shows or youtube or videos of some sort Mm -hmm. um i actually didn't have anything noted down but as we've talked i've remembered two things um one is um sex education season two Mm -hmm. um great the cliffhanger made me so angry at the end of the season. My housemate and I were yelling the at
1: the season, TV. But yeah, oh, I'm just like, oh, I'm close. I'm going to finish it, it next weekend. Um, it's going to make you so angry, like. Okay. for I love reasons, a good cliffhanger so though. I kind prepared. of, I froth that feeling of being like, let down a little bit. What's going <laughs> to happen? <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's not read into that too much no not like that <laughs> God,
0: damn. it's getting real yeah. sentimental i'm enjoying it though like Last i like
1: yeah, i like i like sex education and it's just like a nice sort of it's like it's so good yeah it's a good one it's just good
0: ones for so many reasons but i did find this meme today and i'm gonna read it out and i i was really scared to say anything <laughs> throughout the um the the while watching it but now that someone's made a meme i'm fine with it. Um, it says okay sex education is a good show and i like it but it confuses me so much why is it set in the present day but they dress like it's the 80s and the house decor looks like it's the 70s but it's in the uk but the school looks american and otis lives in a cabin in the woods what <laughs> and that's um, pretty much how i feel <laughs> yeah
1: um to answer that question um mm-hmm. laura did an episode of her podcast with one of the writers of sex education they talked exactly about that so go and listen to that oh, um, okay no I need because, that. I should
0: actually do
1: that yeah it was kind of i think from memory and i'm probably butchering this but i think it was kind of done intentionally to be able to transcend all of those things um to feel more relatable but that's yeah I agree. it's, I was so it's something that constantly <laughs> i'm like oh that's interesting but also i kind of want to yeah. live in that world Like Yeah,
0: it's a bit nostalgic but quite progressive. Yeah, Yeah. it's weird. No, I love it. And then the Um, other thing that I've been watching, which popped into my brain, or watched, sorry, after you spoke about Sophie Hagen, it's going to take a turn, like (laughs) a bit of an emotional turn. Um, I was talking about Sophie Hagen with a friend of mine and she was like, if you like her sense of humour, you'd probably like um, Hannah Gadsby's um, live comedy show Nanette.
1: Oh yeah. Um.
0: Did you have you watched had
1: it? You, have you not seen? Had you not seen it?
0: No, I only saw oh it recently. I never really I watched, watched live
1: like, comedy. I watched it when, when it came, when it came out. out on Netflix like years ago.
0: Yeah, and it's yeah. I'm really late to it. I, but that's just me in a nutshell. I'm about five years too late in a lot of things. <laughs> um, but you're trying though. You're doing your best. I am. Thanks so much. I really appreciate that. <laughs> um. It's really beautiful. And obviously it's like uh, Hannah Gadsby's a comedian or was a comedian. um, And she talks about why she's leaving comedy Mm -hmm. in this particular show. And for anyone who wants to, I guess, it's really hard because like it starts off really funny, but the show actually ends on quite a serious note, which I think is, it's really important. And you get the pain that she's going through Um, or has gone through or, and just like things like questioning your identity and you know, most teenagers go through that normally, but when you're in the minority, how does that, how, yeah, how that can screw with you so much. Um, and it really makes you think about how you can make the world more inclusive. Um, and what is wrong with it, I guess in a way. Um, it is, a, it is a part comedy show. Like she does, she does make some really really good jokes, but it was just it's very intense. So mm. I would recommend that, but you definitely need to be in the headspace to be able to want to hear that. Um, I loved it. It was yeah really thought provoking.
1: Yeah, no, I, yeah, I really like her. Um, particularly Nanette was just like, it's so sad, but I think it's an important thing to listen to or to watch and listen to that sort of message um because just her being so vulnerable yeah we can like i don't yeah exactly and i take stories
0: like hers and being as vulnerable as she was doing this in in the sydney opera house of all places that's a really Mm -hmm. iconic location so many people i just don't i don't know how she emotionally like dealt with that because that is a lot a lot to share with a lot of people Um, But good on her, and I'm really, really glad that she did because it's definitely affected me for the better.
1: Yeah. Oh, love it. Um, Did you have anything else or shall I do mine? No, do yours. I think that was it. Okay. Um, I have so many things that I've been watching, so (laughs) I guess – I'm going to break it down into categories within this category. So the first one, just to piggyback on the sort of like live comedy aspect, I went to Sophie Hagen's The World Is On Fire, so let's do <gasps> a show. Did you? Yeah, did I, I not tell you? No, you didn't <laughs> tell me. Oh, It was incredible. Um, so she had – it was like her. She had Scotty. She had um, Travis Alabanza, who was amazing. She had Glam Roo. She had um, Megan Crabb and Jolie, who did their a bit of their um, – I can't remember what their live show is called now, but they did a bit of their bit. Um, she had Jess oh, Baker. It was literally like the dream team. What a um, yeah. There was also um, this amazing, I guess you'd call her a cabaret performer, Smashlyn Monroe, who's a fat woman doing like, um, she did this like cabaret thing, which it literally like, I felt it in my soul. And I'm not usually <laughs> one for like burlesque, that kind of like, you know that vibe um yeah and i actually she she was quite a late addition to the bill on this show but she it was so moving um to see fat bodies represented in the way that she did it was just incredible and i think like i know she's definitely not listening to this but like good on her for um being that vulnerable and sharing that with the room because like that was the most impactful piece for me, like, I was literally crying watching this woman. And I was like, it's not something that you would usually cry at. Um, but that yeah. was really nice because I went with um, Jess and Laura and a couple of other, like, non-diet colleagues from work. And so it was nice that we'd kind of, like, been and seen that all together. Um, yeah, Scotty also, like, I've not really come across him very much before, but he, I really like... I think he uses he pronouns. I really like their... Um, like stuff as well, because they talk about a lot more about the sort of like lower and middle class experience rather than this sort of like very edited, um, glamorised experience of being fat. So I really like yeah. what they do. Um, what else? Sophie Hagen, again, incredible on that. It was so nice. I love her. She's, She's just Yeah. Um, oh, also,
0: sorry, just on the note of Sophie Hagen, her podcast is also really good.
1: Yes. It's called made of human,
0: and yeah. it is really beautiful. Yeah, so yeah, do I love to made her. of
1: human as well, but at the same time, it's way too long for me to listen to it on my commute because it's too it's too long. <laughs> it is, yeah. That's long. <laughs> Sophie, yeah. please like your shit. Um, but <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I think Sophie's also using they pronouns, but I
0: oh I'm sorry. Past it now. Yes. Anyway,
1: but um, Ugh. so I saw that at the beginning of the month. That was incredible. Loved it. Um, It was so, it was such a nice thing to like be starting the year on because it was so inspiring. Um, Mm. And then other things that I've been watching recently, TV wise, sex education, love. I've also been watching The Crown um, because. (laughs) Yeah. Love it. Yeah. I I started it again because when it first came out, I watched like a little bit of the first season and then just didn't have the time and kind of just forgot about it. Um, But I've been watching that. And that's been one that I've been watching like one episode at a time and actually really enjoying watching it that way. Whereas I feel like a lot of the time I literally just like binge watch series. And
0: That's why I liked The it. Crown because like you didn't need to be watching it back to back to back you to can, be able to remember yeah, what was happening.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, it's just nice being able to contextualize some of these things in the post-Brexit Britain I'm living in. So um, mm. that's been nice as well. Um, what else? I haven't really been watching much other TV, but I've been watching a lot of films recently. Um, we've got around the corner from me, like literally at the end of my street, there's an independent cinema, The Rio, um, which my flatmate and I are getting a like membership to, so you get discounted tickets, which is like super cute. Um, so I've actually been going to the cinema a bit recently. Um, Ooh. And most recently have seen... Um, I can't remember what the full title is, but the David Copperfield film, which I liked. It was very pretty, um, but it is it's quite a kids' movie. Like it's quite a young, um, like it it's made it's it's PG basically. Whereas like I feel like it would have been better if it had a more mature rating and sort of went more into some of the things that they talked about. But I liked it. Um, Interestingly, with that film. The thing that I liked the most about it was how they'd kind of like put it to visually put it together very well. In that they had like really um well-designed sets and color palettes, and it was very like the imagery really emotive. Emo- like it's really emotive. Um, mm. The other thing that's interesting about that film is they they cast it blind for race, and so it kind of like like there's like an Asian dad with a black daughter, and like. Um, So interesting. So David Copperfield is played by Dev Patel, who's I believe of Indian or Sri Lankan descent. I don't know. Sorry. Um, Indian, yeah. yeah, I think he's Indian. Um, but his um, great aunt is played by Tilda Swinton, and so it's like really sort of like it messes with your mind a little bit. Um, but it's really really good. Um, It's awesome. Yeah. So that I really liked about it, but the actual I mean, it's based on a book, but, like, the actual plot and stuff sort of fell short a little bit for me. Um, I also saw Little Women, which was good. Similarly, like, beautiful, but it's based on a book. So, of course, it's kind of just, like, whatever. Um, And I also saw, I've watched Marriage Story, like, three times. Um,
0: Is that the really
1: emotional one that everyone cries about? That I haven't watched uh, it. <laughs> I have, I didn't, I cried about it the first time I watched it, but I haven't cried on subsequent viewings. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> it's basically, it's basically a story about a couple getting a divorce. Um, and so, yeah. yes, That's it is quite one. emotional, but at the same time, it's quite a like realistic portrayal of what that would be like. Um, yeah. And it's just really well acted, really well directed. It's really. I just like the way it's shot I love the director of it um Noah Baumbach he's like very yeah I I like his work basically and I like the actors that are in it so that's why I like it um yeah and I also watched last night Uncut Gems which is another new release um it's on Netflix if anyone wants to watch it but it stars Adam Sandler Mm -hmm who I hate mm. with a passion. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> I don't say that about many people, but I really do not like Adam Sandler. Um, but he was perfectly casted in this role in that he was like a horrible person. Um, it, basically, he's the oh, main character. Um, and he, he's like a jewellery store owner who makes some really big risky gambles on like basketball games and... Um, Basically, he gets an opal and lends it to a basketball player and the basketball player gives him his ring back as, like, a trade in the, like, in the meantime and then he pawns off the ring to go and get some money for something else. And it's like it, he kind of, like, keeps making his situation worse and worse and worse. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I wouldn't watch it again, but I liked it. It was very loud. Like, there's a lot of people talking over each other. It's set in New York and it's, like, there's a lot of yelling. Um but <laughs> and it was very stressful to watch. Um, like it makes you feel anxious, but kind of in a good way. Like I, I quite like having a negative response from films. Um like I like I like that discomfort that that's the kind of, I think another reason I like marriage stories so much is that it makes you feel uncomfortable. Um yeah. but yeah, so I liked that. I would would recommend it. It is quite violent, it's very loud. Um, but it's also kind of like, like you get a bit of a relief when it ends. Like it, yeah, it's yeah. hard to explain, but I liked it. Um, Interesting. yeah, that's what I've been consuming with my eyeballs at the moment. Have not been watching any YouTube, have not been really doing anything else. Actually, no, that's a lie. I have been, I've been, um, I did a little bit of yoga with Adrian's 30 days ago. <gasps> But oh my god know, okay really so that was a, a consumption no
0: that was literally gonna be our next thing is that i like moving my body wise mm-hmm. i have started running and i started doing yoga with adrian courtesy of my housemates my friends that i went away with mm-hmm. um and it is so lovely i was just thinking yeah. like earlier today i don't know if i'd have time to do another session tonight like it's now 10 p.m here um but it's great because she has like little five to ten minute ones that you can fit in, or you can do like a twenty to twenty five minute one, and yeah, oh, I love it. And it's my no like pressure. It. Like you can I think fit it in, yeah. And the hardest thing that I found about doing yoga classes was that I never felt up to speed with everyone else. I know that shouldn't be like a concern, um, and clearly that's just my type A personality getting in the way of me living my life. But mm-hmm. it's just nice being in the comfort of my own home and like wearing whatever I want and just like going at my own pace and she has like different moves for different levels and I don't feel shit about what I'm doing she just makes me feel like I'm actually doing a good thing for my body today um yeah which is really really lovely so that was actually going to be my next thing so yes yoga with 100% (laughs) I,
1: I do like her stuff um it's not super weight inclusive like I feel like sometimes she She's not super aware of how people in diverse bodies might be experiencing it, but I think that's just her own kind of like. She's not doing it experience. to discriminate. I don't. She's think not doing just, it no, yeah, exactly. And you can, yeah. I think, if you have a knowledge and approach it with the place of like, I will do what works for my body, and make adjustments if I need to. That's fine. It's just like, I think there can be sometimes a little bit of a um, expectation that you have to make all the shapes and you have to do things, but at its core like that's not really the, the purpose of yoga anyway so exactly I'm kind of try- yeah. been trying to reframe it to be more of a like connecting with my body and moving in a way that feels good um yeah. yeah I've also kind of like I've been walking a lot obviously with work but like I haven't I'm sort of in the place now where I'm like ready to start doing a bit more movement so I think I'm going to start swimming again but I will nice. I be updated on that. Um, yeah. I guess in the awesome. same space, another thing that I've been doing is meditating quite a lot. Um, I've been listening, I've been using the Calm app and doing their like daily mm. Calm, um, but also doing like unguided meditations. I think this is like a running joke with me and a friend that I have is that I'm like a typical Pisces in, the, in that I like I'm, I'm completely content just like staring off into space and like doing nothing. Um And so've i um, I've been trying to reframe that and make it more mindful and about connecting with myself rather than just like going out into space. So that I've been really enjoying nice. as a sort of like self-care thing. Um, if anyone wants a, like a free trial of like you can get a free month's trial of calm, um, they're like by using their health thing, which I'll link in the show notes. Um, and also, if anyone is a healthcare practitioner you can actually get a year free of on the car map so I'll, I'll i can link that for people below you just have to put in your like work email address and your like your role at your job and they set it up for you yeah that's, that's cool. awesome oh, nice um, yeah so that's kind of i guess the the um movement and mindfulness piece yeah Oh, I can't believe I forgot to mention when we're talking about food that I've been making bread again. Um, Oh, yeah. I might might save that for a future episode because I'm still finding out the best ways for me. Um, But, yeah, I've got a good starter up and going and I've been making sourdough again. Nice. Which is a nice, another, like, sort of meditative process for me. It's quite relaxing.
0: Yeah, I know. Rox mentioned that as well. On when we had her on, she was like, "Bread's like my yoga. Like it's very yeah."
1: yeah. It's interesting though because sourdough you don't actually need to knead at all. Um, you kind mm. of just like fold it, so it's not really in the in the way that you'd think it would be. It's not really like that, but um, it is nice to kind of like it's a sourdough is a good test in patience. Um, yeah, it takes quite a long time to like make and feed and maintain it so yeah it's been good um yeah well did we want to talk about anything else today i feel like we've had quite a long chat but not really about anything yeah (laughs) no it's just been a catch up um no i
0: think we're good i was just trying to think if i had any beauty products to share but i don't really
1: i think um going forward because we're going to be doing hopefully episodes more frequently um we yeah. won't have as big a segment in this sort of section no. we can maybe a snappy, keep, it, yeah. keep it to like one thing for each category each um but yeah i think we um so basically the plan going forward is obviously to get this up and running a little bit more frequently and a little bit more responsive so what we might do is um on our Instagram put up a post to- like asking if anyone wants us to talk about any specific topics because I think that would be mm. nice um, particularly around this time of year where people are looking for jobs um, and I know people might have come across us through my socials and from there basically Fiona's um, course ran um Let me start this sentence again. Fiona (laughs) Sutherland's basically, um, Fiona Sutherland ran a course for student dietitians and new grads as an intro to the non diet approach. And I know I've had a few people message me and email me um, from there. So you might be listening to that as an extension of that, to this as an extension of that. Um, So, particularly for those people, shoot us an email, comment on that Instagram post that we're going to put up, and we can have a chat about some more job specific things some more clinical things some more general like life stuff um yeah i guess in a way we'll be opening up our recipe book and sharing stuff with you that we've kind of collected over time so um yeah that's sort of the plan going forward did we were we aiming for like fortnightly episodes? I was just thinking that I
0: reckon fortnightly would work well. Um, so hopefully we'll hear from us every two weeks. Not sure what day it will be at this point, but I think two weeks will be manageable for us with our workload yes. at the moment. And also, so we're not boring you with the same favorites every week. Um, yeah. And then we can also like, if, you know, there's some sort of giant nutrition non-diet any sort of topic that comes out we'll have a little bit of time to chew and digest and really form a solid opinion on it with evidence-based research and
1: yes really
0: kind of scan the whole scope of current events if there's anything that pops up um not that we're a source for that and obviously we'll have opinions but I think it's important to be well informed before you make your judgment so
1: exactly so I guess um yeah this episode is very much a like life update catch up with us because we've been away for a very long time um but yeah. future episodes will be a little bit more topical and hopefully interesting
0: <laughs> yeah we'll definitely be less rusty we feel like <laughs> it's taken us a while to get into this but now I feel like we're good we're good yeah, give it a little good.
1: give it a little bit we're good we're <laughs> getting there anyway um thank you so much for joining us we will um oh also I guess <laughs> Um, (laughs) I know we would set up all of our like bits and pieces in terms of our website and our Patreon site. Um, Obviously, for the time being, we haven't been doing anything on there. I think we'll leave it running for the time being because it's not costing us any money to keep the Patreon Mm. open. Um, But just be aware that like currently there's nothing going into there. So don't feel bad if you're not putting into it. Um, yeah, exactly. If you yeah, if you want more of us, you can head to our website and we will update everything over there as well. And we'll hopefully be getting everything up on the Instagram up to date soon as well. Yes. Um, yeah. But yeah. So awesome! Thanks for joining us. Thanks,
0: guys. I hope you got some good consumption recommendations. <laughs> Let us know if you have anything that you want us to listen to or read or. Do or
1: not talk about anymore as well. Um,
0: <laughs> Feedback is always
1: greatly appreciated because exactly. we're here to be enjoyed. 100%. Love it. We'll, we'll, we'll sign off here and we'll see in you in next, next episode. time. Woo! Bye! Bye. Bye.